as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Soon we'll be able to literally fly over the far area. Head over to Harlingen. They got one of those big old bridges at the interchange. Going to be completed soon. Let's go to our far office, far district office for the Texas Department of Transportation. Our district engineer is Pete, Pete, Pete Alvarez. Pete, welcome back. So let's talk about that new bridge opening up pretty soon and give us an update to the whole interchange rework. Uh, thank you, Sergio, for the opportunity. Uh, yes, we're very excited to reach uh, uh, in, the, in the brink of reaching another milestone uh, for this uh, tremendous project that we have here at the FAR Interchange. Um, we are looking forward to opening direct connector number three, which is uh, the bridge that will connect southbound uh, from Edinburgh going towards Harlingen. Uh, we're going to be opening up the new bridge on Friday night, early Saturday morning, and so the travelers will be able to take full advantage of the newly uh, constructed bridge. And so we're very excited for this. Uh, this is one bridge that will be opening up here in uh, June, and then in July we expect the other bridge, the one going from McAllen towards Edinburgh, to be opening up. How much longer for the completion of this entire rework there at FAR, the interchange? Uh, we are scheduled for substantial completion, substantial completion being defined as all the main lanes and overpasses to be open. That is expected the fall here, this fall, 2023. Hmm. And then uh, we'll have some tidy up to do landscaping, paperwork, and things of that nature in the in the springtime. All right. What's the, Again, what's the price tag on this big project? Uh, $303 million, the biggest yeah, project right. ever here in the Valley. So it's a, it's a, it's a big-time project. Uh, once we complete these two direct connectors here in June and July, we'll be working on cor- uh, direct connector number one. That's the one from Harlingen uh, north towards Edinburgh. Uh, that'll be uh, basically done in a three- to four-month time span between August and October. So that's going to be on the fast track to complete this project. Everything on time, right, for this one, for the four project? Yes, sir. I mean, uh, we've had a, a little bit of delay because of the storms out here recently, but you know, the contractor has had over 530 people out there at one point, many pieces of equipment, most of the time working 24-7. It's, uh, they're getting after it. Yeah, it's amazing. It seemed like only yesterday we are talking about the FAR interchange improvement, and here we are. We'll be done by, by the end of this year. Our engineer for the FAR District, Texas Department of Transportation, is Pete Alvarez. Yeah, Pete, Tim Sullivan here. So when it's all done, uh, will these new two-lane flyovers uh from Edinburgh to Harlingen, Harlingen to Edinburgh, Edinburgh to McCallum, McCallum to, to Far or, or to Edinburgh. Uh, will they be parallel to each other? Can you kind of paint a picture for me? Uh, like this new Edinburgh to Harlingen connector that opens this weekend, will the upcoming yeah, so, so, Harlingen to Edinburgh connector then be built parallel to this new one? So, so basically, they're going to be two-lane direct connectors. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? 
you're going to have two lanes on the bridges, and then you have two shoulders on the side. Uh, all, all of the four bridges will have it, have it uh, that way. And so that'll be able to provide more capacity, obviously, going through the interchange. Now, we've done a lot of operational improvements or, or continue to work on operational improvements approaching the interchange. As you can see, ramp modifications have been made. Some of the ramps have been adjusted. The whole idea here is to provide a more uh, even flow, if you will, where traffic does not slow down to almost a complete stop. Uh, any of you may, may remember some, some of the trucks would slow down almost completely. By the time they gear back up, it, it, it slowed the, the operations down. Our goal here is to have a more smooth transition as you, uh, you know, elevate into these bridges. Okay. Um, when did you say construction will take place um, after this uh, Edinburgh to Harlingen connector opens this weekend? When does construction begin on, on the next flyover? So we are scheduled to open the flyover from McAllen to Edinburgh. That'll be sometime in July. Okay. Uh, and then as soon as that's done, then we'll demolish the existing uh, direct connector number one. Uh, that's the one from Harlingen to Edinburgh. We'll, we'll bring that bridge down and build a brand new bridge in, the, in, in basically in the same general location. Uh, yeah. And that'll be done in the months of August through October. How does that demolition take place? Do you get to blow it up? <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, Years ago. (laughs) Where's the fun in that? (laughs) Yeah, years ago, that was a common practice. Now we do controlled demolition. Basically, uh, we'll take the bulldozers, uh, knock things down in a a, a sequence. I know, Tim, he wanted to ask you if he could flip the switch. No, give give him a sledgehammer. (laughs) Go out there and take that thing down. Get it started. Get a hammer. There you go. So, and and again, you're still anticipating an end-of-the-year completion date for this whole dang thing. Yes, a substantial completion this fall, and we're excited about that. Pete Alvarez, our district engineer, TxDOT, the far district. Okay, let's look nearby, Pete. Uh, what comes to mind? Either new highway projects or loop projects or roads to international bridges, I-69 related improvements. Uh, give me the top two or three that come to mind right now. Uh, right now, the projects that come to mind, uh, International Bridge Trade Corridor, uh, that project will, you know, we ha- we currently have working with our partners, the Yellow County RMA. Uh, we have the 365 tollway in construction as we speak. It's about 25% complete. The IBTC project has gained a lot of momentum here recently, and basically that'll uh, connect five international bridges and get them to Interstate Two. So we're very excited to be working with our partners to do, to li- deliver that project. State Highway 68 that will connect from the Valverde, uh, Alamo, Donna area north to the Edinburgh airport, that project is gaining a lot of momentum as well. Uh, basically, that will be a parallel route to US-281 or I-69C. And so those are two of the projects that are that are moving forward. We're wrapping up the US-83 relief route in Peñitas, La Jolla, and Sullivan City. Mm. That should be completed this fall as well. And that will provide a relief going east and west through that area. So a lot of exciting nice. things that are happening uh, here in our Great Valley. Pete, what would you say will be the next really big highway improvement project in the Valley? Um, I guess maybe something that might compare to this uh, interchange makeover. What's, what's the big project next on your priority list? So <clears throat> IBTC and State Highway 68, they go hand in hand. Okay. Uh, that'll provide basically 
a part of the Hidalgo County Loop that prov- will provide additional opportunities for the traveling public. Those are the two projects that I think are going to gain a lot of momentum. Uh, we can't forget about the second access. That's gained a lot of momentum during legislative session as well. Oh. And East mm. Loop in Cameron County uh, to connect the Port of Brownsville to, to the, uh, the International Bridge there. Those two projects are also very important in Cameron County. Uh, we got to keep in mind, this is a regional-type project that are going to benefit the entire area. And uh, another project that, that I think uh, it's really, really important for people to understand uh, and, and what it will do is the I-69 connector, connecting basically I-69C to I-69, 281 to 77, if you will. Uh, that'll be north in the Monte Cristo area, if you will, FM uh, 1925. The idea there is to pro- provide a parallel route for I-2. I-2 is currently carrying about 160,000 average daily traffic. That is a lot of traffic, so we need to be thinking ahead and, and getting projects to delivery to provide those opportunities for, for the area. So Monte Cristo east and west eventually would connect 281 and 77. That's, that's the idea? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then uh, working with the Cameron County RMA, We'd work on the outer parkway and then eventually to the second access. Yeah, that would and be so, the jumping yeah, off point to the <laughs> to the second causeway, correct? Wow. That is correct. And the whole idea here is to, once again, provide alternatives for the traveling public. Yeah. As you travel north, say San Antonio, Houston, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, if you will, there's plenty of alternatives there. You have the loop system, you have tollways and things of that nature. Here in the valley, we only have two tollways, the 365 tollway, once it's complete and State Highway 550 uh, in the Brownsville area. However, the idea here is the more alternative routes people have to choose from, then uh, that provides basically flexibility in the system. Something shuts down, there's a major accident on I-2, what happens? The whole system breaks down. Mm -hmm. By having these parallel routes, it provides those additional opportunities. Emergency response, safety, those are the things that are very, very important, and we need to make sure that we have those opportunities available to the public. Our district engineer for... For the far district, text uh, Pete Alvarez. So, the lawmakers make uh, enough headway on the second connector to the island, where I don't know, maybe in what would you say, Pete? Maybe the next ten years, we'll see that east to west Monte Cristo Highway, and then the connection, and then over to the the new bridge to South Padre. Is it ten years, or is it going to take longer than that before we see something like that? You know, I, I think 10 years is very reasonable. The 7 to 10-year uh, time range is, is something that we're considering here. We have to go through the whole process. The environmental and schematic process uh, takes some time. And then, obviously, getting the, the rest of you know, right-of-way acquisition, utilities, and the plants ready. That's a lot of right-of-way. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a lot of right-of-way. <laughs> 22 miles worth of project. So, wow. yeah, that's going to be a lot of right-of-way. But I think the 7 to 10-year time frame is very reasonable. And we'll continue to push forward. As always, if we can deliver a project sooner, that is our goal. All right. We have a target, but then if we can uh, accelerate it, that, that is our intent. Yeah, I mean, having the unified um, mobility authority, the, the decision-making, unified Cameron, Hidalgo County, that really helps push things forward, I would guess, a much faster and, and get you more money as well. That, that speeds up, having the cash in the bank. All right, Pete, thank you much for your time. Yes, sir. I remind everybody, please slow down. No distracted driving and use alternate routes when possible. Safety is our number one priority. From TechStot, our district engineer, Pete Alvarez.
you're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids. They're running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710-KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710-KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. We say hello to Barry Goldsmith from the National Weather Service in Brownsville. Joining us on 710-KURV, it's the... Beginning of the Atlantic hurricane season, and uh, what what is the, well, actually, let me ask it like this. The National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration had said that this was going to be a near-normal hurricane season. What is near-normal? So normal is, uh, and good morning, Zach and Tim. This is great to be on for the start of the season, by the way. So uh, near-normal is 14 named storms seven of which could become hurricanes, and three which would become majors, meaning 111-mile-per-hour winds or stronger. And so what's the outlook for uh, this? What are you looking forward to in this particular season? So for the entire Atlantic Basin, and that's the area that covers the Atlantic Ocean from off the African coast all the way west through the Caribbean, the Gulf of Mexico, and the U.S. eastern seaboard, including places like Bermuda and Canada, and then back out again. It's a large chunk of real estate. Um, we're expecting 12 to 17 named, 5 to 7 hurricanes, uh, or 5 to 9 hurricanes, excuse me, and 1 to 4 majors. So if you take the middle of that number there, you're right around those averages that I mentioned before. Are there any predictions in how strong some of these storms are going to be? Well, when we look at one to four majors, that would be uh, category three or greater when 111 mile per hour winds are stronger. So that's the range of possibilities based on the current forecast. And that forecast has a 70% confidence level, meaning given the scenarios we see with the oceans and the atmosphere combined to make this season happen, there's a pretty good confidence that the numbers will fall within those ranges. So one to four majors across the entire basin is nothing to sneeze at, especially if one of those storms becomes a landfall in the U.S. Joining us on 710-KURV to begin the Atlantic hurricane season is Barry Goldsmith from the National Weather Center in Brownsville joining us on 710-KURV. Yeah, hey, Barry, Tim Sullivan here. So speaking of percentages, is there a percentage prediction of a hurricane moving into the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, what are the predicted chances of a hurricane hitting somewhere along the Gulf Coast this season? Yeah, Tim, it would be great if we could do that this far in advance and be accurate with that because it would really help our emergency planners to pre-deploy resources. But the skills don't exist to do that this far in advance. Think of the game of um, concentration the <laughs> TV show for years in the 70s. <laughs> yes. and- we had a board game called Memory. I think it still exists online. You can 
you can go and find it as an app. And you had 30 tiles or 30 tiles that you have to reveal two matching tiles. And underneath that, there'd be a puzzle. Well, at this point, we have nothing out there and the season's just begun. Uh, there is a, a weak disturbance in the northeast Gulf of Mexico, but in terms of the Atlantic Ocean main development region, which stretches from basically the coast of eastern Mexico all the way across the Caribbean Sea, the Leeward, Windward Islands, and out to the west coast of Africa, uh, there's nothing there right now. So it's like that game where you have no tiles revealed, and with no tiles revealed, we can't solve the puzzle at all. So. Uh, I wish I could make that kind of prediction this far out, but we just have to prepare like we always do, uh, as if this is our year, and remember, it only takes one storm to make a season. But whether we just can't say that the Gulf of Mexico is going to uh, do something big uh, at this point in time, when we see things out there forming either in the Gulf, the Caribbean Sea, or the, the western part of the Atlantic Ocean, and then we can start looking at forecasting potential uh, track that would include the Gulf of Mexico and potentially Texas. But right now, no tiles revealed, so we can't make any guesses on what that might be. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Well, how do all of the top hurricane forecasts compare this season? You know, the ones from the experts at, uh, at Colorado State University, AccuWeather, and NOAA. Y'all mostly on the same page in terms of numbers and strengths of hurricanes? Yeah, this is a great question, Tim, because we were providing this information um, at one of our partners' workshops the day before the official forecast came out. And our answer basically was, watch for NOAA's forecast tomorrow, meaning Thursday, uh, May <clears throat> May 25th, to match what we were showing on May 24th. And sure enough, uh, that did happen. So the average of all those other entities that put out forecasts as of May 24th uh, was 14 named. Um, seven hurricanes, and I think the major number was three. It was right around the average, so it was either three or four. And sure enough, the NOAA forecast all fell within those ranges. So um, th what that means is that we have a number of entities that do a really good job in advance looking at all the same parameters that NOAA's looking at, and the only difference is that NOAA looks as late as they possibly can at any slight tweaks and changes to those pattern recognitions and then puts out that, that forecast later. But, indeed, it did match up this year very, very closely. Can I ask you an insurance question? Uh, shoot, I'll try. Okay. Um, you know, basically, what kind of property coverage does one need to protect against damage from a hurricane, both the water and the wind, the, the wind blowing rain and, and all of that? So... You know, basically, we want to say people should have three types of insurance. They're basic, what's called fire and theft. So if someone broke in and burglarized your home um, and stole things, you want to have that one as an overarching insurance. The second one you need to look at is windstorm insurance. Now, along the coast, we have requirement to have windstorms through the Texas Windstorm Insurance Association, whether it's provided directly by them or through your insurance company. And then third, we really, really implore people to get flood insurance. And that doesn't really matter if you're near the coast where the water from the sea can come in and inundate you, or as we've seen multiple times in the valley since 2018, right. water from rainfall can come in and create two, three, four feet of depth. Exactly. Which, if it gets into your home, is going to create inundation flooding, and only a flood insurance policy can cover that. 
Flood insurance is offered uh, by the federal government. FEMA is the main source of flood insurance, and then it's either provided directly through them or through your insurance company as a subsidiary, which is how I have mine. So the, the, the fire and theft is your baseline. You need to add windstorm to that, which includes hail as well. And then your flood insurance includes flooding um, from the inundation ground up. Now, your windstorm insurance could include the rain flooding, meaning that if you have a roof blown off from the wind and water gets in from the rain and you know causes damage to your walls or your furniture, uh, that would be covered by wind. But any inundation from rising water, the ground level up into your home is only covered by, by a flood insurance policy. We're kicking off the Atlantic hurricane season with Barry Goldsmith from the National Weather Center in Brownsville, joining us on 710-KURV. How quickly can things go from bad to worse and, and help us emphasize the importance of the need to prepare for this Atlantic hurricane season? Yeah, so just use the hashtag, it only takes one. And remember uh, many years where we've had places that have gotten one single storm that caused incredible impact. Uh, for Texas, we remember Harvey most recently the coastal bend had $25 billion in damage. The upper Texas coast had $100 billion. Uh, that damage was from flooding. The coastal bend was from a mix of storm surge and wind and a little bit of rainfall flooding. <clears throat> but in 1983, we were coming out of a strong El Nino, and we are heading into a expected moderate El Nino this summer into the peak of the season. But in 1983, there were four named storms in the entire Atlantic Basin, which I described before. One of those storms was Hurricane Alicia, which hit the Houston-Galveston area in mid-August. And in 2022 dollar damage, it was $8.8 billion in damage. What if that kind of storm hit the valley this year, and it's only one of four named storms? It won't matter what the forecast was. It will only matter that we had a big Category 3 hurricane, which Alicia was, and we need to remember to be prepared and not let our guard down despite um, and El Nino coming, which tends to reduce the numbers. If that number one is our number one, it doesn't matter what happens elsewhere. We need to be ready as if this is our year. Thank you very much, Barry. Appreciate it as usual. That's Barry Goldsmith from the National Weather Service in Brownsville joining us on 710-KURV. Talk 710-KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. We mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710-KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a in this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710-KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710-KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. Hidalgo County is going to partner with South Texas College and other entities fighting poverty. This is something that's near, dear to the heart of our county judge, Richard Cortez, and joins us right now. So tell me about this new partnership, Judge, STC and AmeriCorps. Vista, how's it going to work? What, what's the plan? We received a grant from AmeriCorps to develop a youth leadership academy 
and it is to basically train future generations of policymakers, you know, about the complexities of poverty and how to mitigate the effects here locally. Uh, we're very proud to have received it, and we're very happy that South Texas College has, has partnered with us, you know, to develop that program there. You know, we have a situation <clears throat> that needs to be fixed, and that is, you know, motivating students. Uh, some of the students that that we thought, or students that could be students, uh, you know, we asked them, say, hey, why didn't you uh, enroll for for college or or, or to college? Yeah. I said, well, you know, we don't <clears throat> we don't think that putting in two years of of money and work rewards it enough when when we graduate to get a good job. Wow. So that problem. So that's what we're trying. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to identify people that we can train and create human capital, motivate them to do that. And then and on the other end, we're going to have to attract the jobs that we need to be able to give them that good job. We had a 46% domestic migration out of Hidalgo County in the last few years. That means that, that our, our human capital is leaving because the jobs are not here. Yeah. Uh, we the, the information that I got is about six percent of uh, 120 people that are working but are earning below poverty have a college degree. So to me, that's what we're trying to do. It's it's a complex situation. It's not an easy fix, but we have to start somewhere. Yeah, our county judge Richard Cortez joining us. We're talking about this collaboration to fight poverty, Hidalgo County, STC, and this AmeriCorps. Uh, Vista program. Uh, the federal group are they helping with grant money to fund this uh, curriculum that you'll be? Uh, they'll be S T C. Yeah. Yes, the grant. The grant is going to be over approximately six hundred thousand. Uh, it's going to encompass around eight students uh, for for the for the program. Uh, but you know, Vista is kind of the domestic version of the Peace Corps. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's actually volunteers in service to America. You know, we need to bring people from the colonials, uh, you know, train them, educate them, uh, help them understand the complexities of poverty so they can go back to their neighborhoods, they can go back to their families, go back to their friends, relatives, and say, hey, you know, here's a way out, here's what we can do, you know, and, and hopefully that's, that's, that's part of the benefits that we're trying to get to because we have some unmotivated people. Yeah, uh, I made, gave a speech last night. This won't take long. I said almost nine percent of our kids that are sixteen to nineteen years old are neither working or going to school. What's going to happen next? You're going to have babies wow. in the cycle of yeah. poverty. Yeah, and, and we know that the jobs are there, Richard. Uh, look, we have look what's happening at the at the port and with LNG on the way. All the construction jobs, all the pipe line and those holding tanks and aerospace with Elon Musk and complimentary jobs come tech we come making computer chips here in McAllen pretty soon that's what Keith is saying uh, over at, at uh, EDC aerospace uh, electrical plumbing construction all those jobs are on the way I'm wondering if if perhaps what is taking place in Edinburgh, McAllen, Harlingen with not only the collegiate high schools but especially like Edinburgh I'm thinking of Edinburgh at their ISD with their 100,000 square foot, this career technology, uh, career development, uh, where in high school, you, you pin them down in high school and you say, oh yeah, 
You're going to high school. You're going to college. Yes or no? If you're not going to college, you work with the parents and you put them on one of fifty some odd different career paths. So as soon as they graduate from high school, boom, they're ready to get their hands dirty in electrical and plumbing and high tech jobs and even. Uh, medical field jobs as well, with all the medical jobs on the way to South Texas. I'm wondering if, if we need to pin them down starting in high school and then maybe segue a little bit into South Texas College as well. Well, you know, in the Prosperity Task Force that I formed, we have a short-term, mid-term, and long-term plan. And obviously, everything you just said, is you're, you're absolutely on target and you're absolutely right. And what does it take for us to have a higher number of those people wanting to pursue those paths? And, and that's where these kids come in, and that's where a, a, a organized structure of, of us, you know, doing that and promoting that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, everything takes hard work. There's, there's no easy route, and we just have to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Yeah, we'll need a synergy, though, because we'll need more school districts to do the same, to create that pipeline of, of career well, training. Well, yeah. well, Dr. King, Dr. King, uh, who's the head of Region 1, yeah, Dr. is very important. Yeah. Of, of what we're doing. Uh, I think all the superintendents that we've talked to are very supportive. So I think you're going to see some really nice changes occurring and happening. Excellent. And I think there's going to be more uniformity to our approach of getting these kids trained to be productive members of society. Yes, sir, because as has been said and coined a long time ago, yeah, education, the great equalizer, and we get them educated for those kids. Our kids can do those jobs. All those jobs coming to the area, our kids can do it. We just need to get them while they're right. young and get them on that path. Josh, thank you. And um, a little bit of tea and lemon and honey. It should do the, the vocal hey, cords. Hey, I thought you were telling me good Mexican tequila, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell them the rest. All right, bro. That's our county judge, Richard Cortez. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710-KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Signing die for state lawmakers, but it works. <laughs> the work's not done. Far from it. From Quorum Report, Harvey Cronberry. Mr. K, welcome back. Man, you, you talk <laughs> Always about, a pleasure. Low-hanging low fruit for these guys. They weren't able to reach that. <laughs> Pro- property tax relief. What happened, Harvey? Well, um, that's everybody at the Capitol yesterday was scratching their head. The only thing we knew going into this session was they had both both sides. Well, all three parties had committed to about fi- at least fifteen billion dollars in property tax quote relief. Uh, most people wouldn't feel very much of that. But, yeah. uh, uh, at the end of the day, the uh, House had a very different position than the Senate, 
and the governor who probably has spent is being faulted by most because he spent oh the first three and a half months of the session on the road trying to drum up support for vouchers whether it, anybody that could count the votes in the house knew that it, it was possible mm-hmm. instead of uh, trying to broker a deal between uh, uh, a speaker and a lieutenant governor who frankly just don't like each other. <laughs> And also spend a lot of time, the governor did, on border security issues. Man, he spent a lot of time down here as well talking about that. Yes, you know. absolutely. And, and speaking uh, of border security. But that was, yeah. that was arguably productive. Uh, the vouchers was, I, I don't think, was very productive. Yeah. You've got broad support for the uh, the border operations. Uh, uh, but you've got rural Republicans and uh, and Democrat, urban Democrats who have a pretty rock solid uh, uh, coalition in the House opposing vouchers. Sure. So in the end, again, that that task force, that new border security uh, regiment for Texas, uh, has been funded. Do you do you know how big it might be? How many individuals, you know, from the state will be participating with new border security efforts? Do you know? No, I don't know off the top of my head, uh, and I don't know that I ever saw that number go by, but it did add. Over a billion dollars to uh, Operation Lone Star, and Lone uh, that's Star. Uh, about a twenty percent increase. So, okay. uh, I don't that's... know if that's going to translate proportionally to uh, boots on the ground. So, but, uh, every two-year uh, cycle, Harvey, right? Every two-year cycle yes. for you know what we remember looking at the rearview mirror as far as legislative sessions. Every legislative legislative cycle, these lawmakers have said it's at eight hundred million dollars for every two years. Now it's a billion dollars every two years, and part of that will be this new task force or security force uh, for the border. Right. Yeah. Hard- well, now the the uh, the uh, a civilian um, adjunct to the military, I I do not believe ultimately passed. So uh, that may come back okay. uh, uh, resurface here during the special or okay. one of the specials. What was the adjunct supposed to achieve? The civilian one. What 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 was the call there? I, I missed uh, that. Commission. It was going to commission civilians uh, to be able to do arrests at the uh, at oh. the uh, border with people crossing the uh, crossing the uh, the river. Yeah, citizens uh, arrest. Uh, right border. now, the yeah. right civilians. Even even uh, Texas law enforcement can't. Uh, uh, can't really arrest. Um, uh, <laughs> they can deter, push back, but uh, 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 it takes a, a federal. It's a federal uh, proposition to be able to arrest. Let's get back. Rural yeah. Republicans and Democrats in, inside the city. A voucher idea because mm-hmm. the Republicans are split on this. Is it DOA? Is it just ironically in Texas? Is it impossible to ever consider a, a voucher plan in Texas? You think? Uh, well, this one, in, what worries rural Republicans and urban Democrats is we've got a fixed pool of money uh, for, for that goes towards education, and uh, uh, everybody gets a proportion, and in, if you're in rural Texas, the uh, school district is probably your largest employer. It's the center of the community. Yeah. It's the f- Friday night football, and um, uh, one very small school district said uh, to uh, 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 losing four kids, um, uh, would cost us one teacher. Uh, that may be a little over-dramatized, but uh, uh, if they're, say, they're getting $100 million today um, out of this pool of money, um, and uh, it drops to $96 million because money is being diverted to private schools, uh, then um, they obviously have less money to be able to operate with. And frankly, rural Texas doesn't have private or charter schools, so out of our f- more than 5 million students, 1.8 million will not be able to address 
uh, this even if it were available. Okay. Uh, the 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 governor and the lieutenant governor have promised to fill any holes that might happen by students leaving. So, in effectively hold holding harmless the local school districts. Uh, but uh, they only made that guarantee for two years. And if we have a recession in Texas or see an economic dip, which we're we're going to have, it's just a question of when. Uh, then uh, there's a uh, reasonable doubt that uh, they would sustain that so-called hold harmless. Yeah. Harvey Cronberg from Quorum Report up in Austin. Check out the latest articles he's posting online on the now-concluded uh, session, which is leading to a special session here pretty soon. Uh, special. <laughs> Boy, <is it> special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of several like there. The first one's going to be on property tax uh, relief, air quotes. The next one likely on vouchers. Uh, any other special sessions that might come as a result? Well, the lieutenant. Oh, that's I, right. Yeah, the lieutenant governor put out something like forty uh, items that were on his wish list that he suggested get put on special sessions, but. <clears throat> <clears throat> Pardon me. Special sessions are kind of dangerous for the governor. Uh, as one person said, we're going to come back in a special session. Uh, it's going to cost more per person than any likely property tax relief you're going to see. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, again, a little over-dramatized, yeah, well. but it kind of tells you they're expensive. They're um, uh, If you don't know the outcome, uh, it tends to embarrass the governor if uh he calls a special, and they don't. They don't, they don't get it done. Pass his bill. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Uh, so he may insist on calling him back, but he also has summer vacation plans this year, and uh, I don't think his wife is going to look kindly on having to cancel because he's called special. Yeah, Harvey. Oh, by me, the way, there's yeah. one other item on the call: human human uh, trafficking. They're, they want to address. Okay. Um, uh, like harsher penalties for for that, I would imagine. Okay. Uh, not exactly sure because this is the first time he's shown interest in that particular hmm. issue. We don't okay. know what he, where he wants to go with it yet. Give me, if you can, for working people driving around town, give me the one minute or so explanation uh, what Ken Paxton, the Attorney General, uh, with the, this effort to impeach uh, Ken Paxton, what did he do wrong? What's the allegation? Well, most people know about the securities fraud indictments that have been lingering for seven years that they've been able to postpone court cases on. But what was revealed in the hearing that was uh, truly breathtaking was his, essentially his efforts to help a local Austin developer impeded a federal investigation. He's alleged to have impeded a federal investigation on this. A real estate, he's not a broker, he's a, an investor. It, it appears that this real estate broker gave his mistress a, a job with no particular description, moved her to Austin, and in exchange for that, plus about $25,000 in contributions, the attorney general took some pretty extraordinary and, and possibly illegal uh, measures. He hired an attorney, uh, an outside attorney, that nobody else in the attorney, office of the attorney general would sign off on. What he had this gentleman do was issue 29 grand jury subpoenas against largely financial institutions that had been pursuing this real estate developer in Austin. Okay. Uh, the only place you could have found that was in a um, an FBI file that was used to justify a, a search right. warrant. So he essentially turned over uh, federal information to a uh, target of an investigation. And for Mr. K, thank you. Uh, Harvey Cronberg. My pleasure. Yeah, look for all the latest write-ups. Um, we've got a special session on the way. Look for him on the Quorum Report from Austin.
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Peptides are life. Lauriston Crockett is my guest. We're talking about your body and aging, your health. What are peptides, buddy? You know, a peptide is a long and short chain amino acids, and we have to think, well, why is that important to me? Well, the average human being has 37.2 trillion cells, and every cell in the body has a peptide. We communicate, we rejuvenate through peptides. That's the name of his book, by the way, Peptides or Life. Larston Crockett is my guest. So stress, they say stress will definitely age you. A pregnancy, a surgery, man, that'll make you old really, really quick. Uh, well, is there any way to reverse any, you know, any aging or signs of aging or biological aging as a result of, you know, something bad happening to you or maybe something stressful like things I just mentioned? Well, yeah, it, there really is. And it's a lot simpler than you think. But we have to ask the question, first of all, why does stress age us? Because they say that stress is a killer, right? Well, stress creates something called a reactive oxygen species or OS. And that's basically a chemically reactive molecule that can damage DNA and proteins, which leads to genetic damage, which leads to you know, hampering our immune system and our cardiovascular system and leads to other health issues. So we have to think that stress actually starts at the cellular level and then leads up to other chronic issues like, you know, heart issues and blood sugar issues and insomnia. We're not getting enough sleep. 50% yeah, of, yeah. of Americans actually suffer from insomnia. So, yes, is there something we can do? It's a lot simpler than you think. Well, hopefully you can do it for your health sake, man, because once, once your beard and your hair, if you have hair, it starts going great. Man, you talk about something you can't reverse unless you put some dye on it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, there's actually a copper, copper peptide that can actually bring color back to your hair. But let's talk about really what we need to do on a daily basis that can actually reverse this effect and actually increase longevity. And what we have to do is we have to start burning right. up that cortisol and that stress hormone in our body. And it's very simple. We just need to exercise. Now let's say, oh, God, Crockett, we got to go exercise. Well, exercise actually releases a peptide hormone called an endorphin makes us feel good. But exercise doesn't mean you have to be in the gym. It means that you can actually just go for a walk. You need to disconnect from these cell phones that cause stress. Yes, sir. Put down these yes, stimulant energy drinks that are causing health issues, yeah. uh, even anxiety. That's, that's another problem we're having, and heart issues too. So by exercising, listening to music, talking with friends, you know, you just need to disconnect and the body will actually go back into uh, a mode that will start repairing itself it's amazing yeah no just the putting down the cell phone and i don't know cleaning out your garage or your closet doing some basic but putting down the cell phone imagine all the anger that just wells up in, within everybody when you see all these stories of social media all these comments of the 
collapse of Western society, the, the communities, uh, well, all, the, all these neg- all the negative news. Yeah, boy, that'll make you angry all day long. Yeah. And these devices were created to be addictive. Um, we actually did a study that if you take a cell phone away from somebody, they're going to have a spike in their cortisol level. Now, if you put that phone away that they can't get to it and they hear people texting them or the phone's ringing, it's actually going to spike even more. And only until the phone was brought back to in their possession did the cortisol levels actually start decreasing. So this is another reason why I'm saying put the phone down, spend some time on yourself, start learning how to live um, without this cell phone all the time. Nice. Because you know, we're doing this right before we go to sleep. We're not being able to slip into our sleep mode. So, yeah. you know, just invest in yourself. Get back to who we used to be. Take a walk. You know, enjoy all the things that nature gives us and God gives us. Go talk to your friends. Have a great time. By doing this, these simple little things, you can actually reverse the harm that's been done by stress and start rejuvenating on a cellular yes. level and have a longer, healthier life. Put down that damn cell phone. Put it on the other side of the room. Turn off all the notices on it. Yeah. Decrease your stress level big time. He's author of Peptides or Life. Lauriston Crockett is my guest. On the diet side, like what do you eat? Any supplements, any food that you uh, you like to take in that uh, helps you as well? Try to turn turn everything around, the whole aging thing. Well, you know, they call me a health expert, right? And I'm a master trainer. But as far as supplements concerned, well, yeah, I have a very strong opinion about that, and it's in my book, um, Peptides for Life, and love to give my book away for free today. Just go to genostim.com, G-E-N-O-S-T-I-M.com, and you can learn vitamins everyone's taking are basically made from byproducts of petroleum. They do mm-hmm. nothing for your health, and they actually harm you. Uh, they're not regulated. They're mostly imported from China, so we don't really know what we're taking. Compared to... Peptides, remember, every cell in your body has a peptide. There's 40 peptide hormones. Peptides can increase your lifespan between 10 to 30%. So as far as supplementation, the only thing I've ever taken in my life are are peptides. This is an ingestible that you can take. I'm a 64-year-old father. I do 6,000 reps a week. I've got a brand-new baby boy who's seven and a half months old. You know, I'm still living the life. I have a 12-year-old. Life is good, not aging at the same rate. I exercise. I eat just a normal diet. Most people are not vitamin deficient. This is just something that they've been told by the industry to sell products. So again, just eat a normal diet. Get out and take a walk. Um, This is basically all you really need to do. The rest was going to take care of itself. But again, also, please put down those energy drinks. They are dangerous. They are absolutely horrible for you. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I... Those those things don't do. I I don't drink that. Um, I, I'll admit I tried them a long time ago. They didn't work on me. All those claims of caffeine and energy. I didn't feel any different <laughs> before and after that. Ah, screw this. I'm not going to waste money on this stuff anymore. Well, no, it actually causes anxiety, which releases cortisol, and it also can cause uh, heart issues. When when you were telling me peptides, you know what popped into my head? Milk, milk, eggs. Um, anything else that's uh, just like regular food that's rich in the uh, in peptides? Well, you you said eggs. You know, eggs are absolutely a superfood. They're full of proteins. They're full of actually natural vitamins that can be assimilated and minerals in the body. Let me look. So yeah. I I absolutely do eat eggs every day. 
Liver is another very nutritious mm, uh, superfood. Yet yeah, has yeah. all the major nutrients that you need in there. Wow. So you know, I like to eat liver. Um, I like to eat a balanced diet. Uh, am I fanatic about it? No, I'm not. But and I don't think anybody else needs to either. And enjoy your life. But you know, just do things. <laughs> and if you take the center path in your health, let me tell you something: your body's going to take care of itself. But again, you do need to get some exercise going. Get those endorphins flowing. Start feeling good. And every day you walk a mile, guess what? Within 30 days, you're not going to believe how you look and how you feel. But please don't take the phone with you. Don't take anything. Invest in yourself. I like that. That's the best advice. Put that darn phone down. I know we've got our app. We've got our website. Just take a break, people. Just think on the inside. Pray. Walk. Just Clear your mind is, is good. That's the best advice all day. Hey, real quick, before I let you go again, tell me the website for the free book, Peptides so, of Life. Yeah, to get the free book, you just go to genostem.com. That's G-E-N-O-S-T-I-M.com. You can download my book for free. It's got a five-star rating on Amazon, right. but we're going to give it to you for free, and you might find some things in it that are life-changing. Thank you, Lauriston. You be safe, bud. Hey, have a great day. Lauriston Crockett, his book, Peptides Are Life. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.